Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. It's very easy. Download the app, hit in the upper right corner, little chat, little text message looking icon, select general message to select this show. And I will respond to you in the app and perhaps on the air. One or the other, maybe both. Just depends on how much time I've got because there's a lot that we need to talk about today. I want to start with a very local story. There is a, a news story that's out. I actually covered it on kpel965.com. A A woman was shot multiple times at an apartment complex here in Lafayette. And the suspect got away. We eventually learned uh, just a little while ago that the suspect was in a relationship with the victim. Fled the scene uh the suspect's car was seen in the Opelousas area by Louisiana State Police. They attempted to stop the vehicle. He kept driving down I-49 and eventually uh, pulled off on the Bunky exit and took his own life. There. So next month, is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. September is Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. And I'm going to get into September 11th a little bit later because it ties into this as well. But I want to focus on this right now. It's not just nationally that we have these horrible issues going on. It seems like society is is fraying at the edges. You don't have to look at crime sprees in these major metropolitan areas. You don't have to... um, You don't have to go off to, to New York... Or even, you know, just down the road in Baton Rouge or New Orleans. You don't have to go to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, Detroit, wherever. You don't have to go anywhere to see that there are some societal problems. You can look right in your own backyard. And that's not to say that Lafayette is some crime-infested, crime-ridden, terrible place. But we are seeing throughout society an uptick in some very severe crimes. And one of the things that I go back to constantly is this idea that part of society's biggest problem is that we we've lost faith and i i i'm i'm not 
proselytizing here. I, I know that most of y'all are Christian. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of us grew up going to a Christian church. I grew up Catholic, always been Catholic. And it's very important to me, my faith. I'm not the most evangelical guy out there. I read at my church. I take my kids to church. It is important. I think it's a central part of what makes us as humans complete. And you find that in a society that has given up on belief in a higher power, whatever that power may be, something else moves in to fill that void. It becomes easier for one person to attempt to take another's life. If you are detached from the idea that there is an afterlife, that there is a greater reward beyond this mortal world, it takes an absence of belief in a higher power, and it takes an absence of connection with another human being to take a life or attempt to take a life. This person today attempted, according to the police reports, attempted to gather the children and try to leave, and the suspect opened fire on the victim. The victim is in critical condition in a local hospital person then fled the scene, eventually took his own life on I-49, rather than be caught and taken in by police. There is a level of moral decay, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it comes at a time when we as a society have given up this idea of doing something for a greater good beyond us, beyond this world. If you're Catholic, you went to to Mass this weekend, you heard in the readings, it's one of the most, uh, it's one of the most well-known sayings from Jesus, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I'll, I'll be there. But what was also in the readings, what was in the gospel, what was in the readings, was this idea that there there is a host of 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 commandments. So the, the first few commandments are about man's relationship with God. The next several are about man's relationship with man. And that's that's extremely important. It's extremely important when uh, when you read that when it comes to adultery, honoring your father and mother, uh, coveting, sinning, uh, murder, 
stealing, all of these sins, you cannot have a relationship with God if you're routinely acting against your fellow man. And somewhere along the way, societally speaking, with a, a, a cultural shift away from a higher, higher faith, with that cultural shift away, we also shifted away from looking at our fellow man in a way that breeds love. Instead, we're more apt to look at our fellow man with suspicion and contempt. And a society that lives that way is not a society that can stand. And I'm immensely worried when you see stories like this pop up. If you're in a relationship with somebody, that relationship is supposed to be built on love and trust, whether it is the relationship of a boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, friend to friend, whatever it may be, there's a certain level of love and trust that is supposed to be there, and it's not. And when you can draw a gun and open fire on another human being, not taking into consideration that you are actively trying to take away the life of another human being, there's a deeper problem because that's not just a one-off thing. That is something that we're seeing more and more of in our society all around us. And I'm, I'm not saying, although I, I am, it's the, the, the whole purpose of, of being a Christian is to go out and, and profess your faith and live your faith and everything like that. And I'm a supremely flawed individual, let me just say that. But I understand that I'm not here to just talk about news and politics and, and the raw politic and the polling and the, the current events and all that and analyze and break all that down. But the point is, I, I feel like there has to be some hope there. At the end of the day, I want you to feel some sort of hope. And I know it's tough at times with the news the way it is. I know it's tough for there to be perceived hope there. But the way we get to that hope, the way we remember what hope is and how we're supposed to feel it, is to start looking at our fellow man with less contempt, with less distrust, with less distaste, and start loving our fellow man more. Stories like this should remind us of that. And we're not, we're not there yet. We need to get back to that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. 232-1542 is the number. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll take this break. Be back in a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number or send a message through the KPL app chat if you want to be part of the conversation. The streets of Levira, Portugal were flooded with red wine after a distillery's 2.2 million liter tanks burst. That's such a heartbreaking thing. You're not supposed to cry over spilled milk, but if you see this literal river of red 
running through the streets of Portugal. It is a very sad thing. Poor, poor wasted wine. All right. So the um, the Biden administration. I want to. I'm not going to talk much about politics today, but I did want to mention this. The Biden administration is struggling right now over uh, over the weekend. There has been a lot more panic from Democrats whenever anybody mentions Joe Biden's age. They are feeling really, really sensitive about it. And it's starting to lead to more people really wondering if Joe Biden's going to be the candidate in 2024. I mean, just today did not have a great 9-11. He's he supposed to be, uh, he, he was not at the memorial in New York. Ron DeSantis was there. Kamala Harris was there, but but Joe Biden wasn't. He gave a speech in, in Alaska that was not great either. People are really starting to wonder if he's going to be able to even make it to 2024. All right, when we get back, September 11th, our nation's mental health. Want to talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number. Or if you want to be in touch through the KPL app chat, just hit general message in the app chat. Send a message straight to the show. 22 years ago today was uh, a big, big moment for the country. I remember waking up at 7 a.m. I looked at my clock. I was confused. Normally, we... We'd eaten, we'd gotten dressed. We were almost ready to be out the door by that point, but we had not been woken up until I heard somebody coming up the stairs, knocking on my door. It's my dad telling me to get dressed, come downstairs. So get dressed, come downstairs. He tells me to sit on the couch next to my younger brother and sister. And my dad sat on the edge of the coffee table in front of us and informed me and my siblings that my grandmother, his mother, had um, had committed suicide overnight. We didn't go to school that day. There were people in and out of our house all day long. I was tired of talking to people. I was tired of people giving me their condolences. I was in junior high at the time trying to wrap my head around. It was my first real experience with what mental illness and suicide were. And so we turned on the TV trying to find something to be distracting. And all we could see on every channel was what was happening in New York. My grandmother had been dealing with alcoholism and depression. I was aware of it, but I did not know just how bad it was. I I could not, again, I was in eighth grade, could not wrap my head around it. I'd seen her struggling in the last several years, and it had bothered me 
uh, a lot, but she was always a, a woman who was full of love and, and was always, uh, always smiling, always laughing when I was around her, but she had demons. And then on top of that grief, I see my country under attack. It's enough to throw a kid into a loop. Until that morning, I knew what suicide and depression were, but I never knew the impact it would have. I was angry. I was angry at my grandmother for abandoning me, for abandoning our family like that. And I, I, I it took me a while to forgive and to, to move on. I loved her dearly, but I was so mad. September 11th, 2001 was a day that our nation as a whole got darker. And like I was saying in the last half of or the, the first half of the show, we haven't healed. We're 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 fraying. You come to realize that whatever leads a person down whatever path that, that completely detaches themselves from humanity, whether they take their own life or whether they hijack a plane to take the lives of countless civilians or whether they shoot their partner and then take their own life on I-49, whatever the case may be, you come to understand that, that they can't really control it at that point. They're too far into whatever is happening. When we turned on the TV, I saw footage of a, of a building smoking, talks of an explosion. We watched the footage of the second plane hitting. We were heartbroken for our personal loss. We were heartbroken for our nation's lost loss. A lot of folks don't realize that September is Mental Health Awareness Month. A lot of folks don't realize that, that suicide awareness and prevention is, is something that we try to raise awareness for in September. And we, we talk about the, the mental health crisis, especially among our kids, thanks to, to what happened during COVID and isolating ourselves during COVID and isolating our kids during COVID. But I really do think that the nation got a bit darker. Our, our national attitude got a bit darker after 9-11, and we haven't recovered. Things are a lot worse now, but I think that was the catalyst because for the first time, our safety bubble in America was shattered by an outside force. 
the worst things to happen to America before that, those were self-inflicted. Those were things that Americans were committing atrocities. They were committing Columbine, Oklahoma City, all of those were self-inflicted, our own society to each other. But when somebody from the outside comes in and completely shatters the bubble of safety around you and your country, something America had never felt before. It makes things a lot darker in the country. Last year in college athletics, there was a string of of high-profile female athlete suicides. At Stanford, there was soccer athlete Katie Meyer. In Wisconsin, track star uh, Sarah Schultz. At James Madison University, softball player Lauren Burnett. College kids, high school kids, middle school kids. There's a lot of the mental health crisis going on right now. There was a piece in The Atlantic a couple years ago. Why American teens are so sad. The government survey of almost 8,000 high school students, which was conducted in the first six months of 2021, found a great deal of variation in the mental health among different groups. More than one in four girls reported they had seriously contemplated attempting suicide during the pandemic, which was twice the rate of boys. Nearly half of LGBTQ teens said they had contemplated suicide during the pandemic compared with 14 percent of their heterosexual peers. Sadness among white teens seems to be rising faster than among other groups. But the big picture is, a, is the same across all categories. Almost every measure of mental health is getting worse for every teenage demographic, and it's happening all across the country. Since 2009, sadness and hopelessness have increased for every race, for straight teens and gay teens, for teens who say they've never had sex, and for those who say they've had sex with males and or females for students in each year of high school, and for teens in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. The information age and how rapidly and how fast information spreads is part of it. COVID, like I said, COVID's like 9-11, kind of just another catalyst. But it mentions the year 2009. 2009 is when smartphones and the apps and the interconnectivity really start to explode. The information age, the, the, the very beginning of the information age on the Internet, 2001, the same time as the 9-11 attacks, 2009, when smartphones start to explode in production and use and adoption across all demographics. Then you have the pandemic 2020, we start shutting things down. This keeps happening, and our our nation's mental health continues to deteriorate, and it leads to a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about a lot. We're trying to fill that void in our souls where we've given up a higher faith, a, a, even if it's just a general faith or hope in humanity, we're losing that. We're losing everything like that, and we're filling it with other things. We're filling it with sex, porn, drugs, whatever you want to say it is, social media. We're filling it with things. Neil Gaiman, 
who is a, a fantastic, although very weird author and, and, and writer, has, has a, a book called American Gods. It's a very weird book. Essentially, all of the old gods, the Norse gods, the Greek gods, all of them, all of those gods find themselves losing power as people lose faith in them. The new gods, the American gods, as they're called, are the technology, the, the information, technology, uh, all of these things that we worship now. The the uh, we worship money, we worship drugs, we worship all these things. They have taken the place of the old gods, and there is something to that message. Social media, I think, is one of the worst out there. I use social media all the time because I have to for work, for what I do, the digital production, the digital writing, all that. I have to use social media. That's part of the business model. But when you spend enough time on there, if you don't get absorbed by it, you see how toxic and how poisonous it is. From the same Atlantic article I was referencing earlier, social media isn't like rat poison, which is toxic to almost everyone. It's more like alcohol, a mildly addictive substance that can enhance social situations, but also leads to dependency and depression among a minority of users. This is very close to the conclusion reached by none other than Instagram. The company's internal research from 2020 found out that while most users had a positive relationship with the app, one third of teen girls said Instagram made them feel worse, even though these girls feel, quote, unable to stop themselves end quote, from logging on. If you don't believe a company owned by Facebook, believe a big new study from Cambridge University in which researchers looked at 84,000 people of all ages and found that social media was strongly associated with worse mental health during certain sensitive life periods, including from girls ages 11 to 13. My oldest just hit 11. We'll be hitting 12 this year. She has a phone. She has a little bit of social media access, but it's very controlled. She's not going to have an Instagram. She's not going to have Twitter. She's not going to have Snapchat. She's not going to have TikTok. Because those very things that have the potential to poison the minds and the emotions of preteen and teenage girls, she potentially has access to. I don't want her to have to deal with that. I want to protect her from that. I know I can't protect her from everything, but damn it, I'm going to try. Social media is telling our girls how they're supposed to look and act. Armchair psychologists are telling our kids, you don't fit in a predefined box. You're different. You're not male or female. You're special. The world is out to get you because of it. Kids are identifying as transgender fluid, et cetera, at insanely higher rates than ever before, primarily because we kept them locked away in their homes for a year and a half during COVID. They spent a year at home scrolling through TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat instead of being out with their friends and interacting with their regular friends. But we adults are also going through a similar crisis. We were locked away. We couldn't go to work. We couldn't do the things that we wanted to do. We couldn't go out to eat. We couldn't go out and socialize. All those things were shut down, and it affected us as adults, too. On September 11th, 2001, the, the, there was a crack. 
the nation was cracked. It wasn't broken, but it cracked. And ever since, the cracks have gotten worse. Now, you can argue whether it's faith and spirituality. You can argue whether it's technology and social media. You can argue what it is. But something is deeply broken. And we find it much easier to argue and attack each other and distrust each other and hate each other and whine and moan about each other than to try to fix it. We need to fix it before it consumes all of us. 232-1542 is the number. We'll take this final break of the day. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Got a little bit of time left. Or you can send a message to the KPL app chat. But I I said earlier that I, I feel one of my jobs here, aside from talking about the politics and the news of the day, because it can be so heavy and can be so just a downer. I know I was not exactly a, a beacon of light and sunshine. In the, in the last couple of segments, but I, I think offering hope is something important. In the immediate wake of the 9-11 attacks, patriotism, national unity, and spirituality were up. You could tell. I mean, there were reports of of church attendance going up. There was a spiritual revival very briefly in the wake of the September 11th attacks. There was, uh, aside from the, the, the proud to be an American being played every 45 seconds on radio and all of the, the patriotic songs we had to, to listen to, there was a real sense of patriotic unity and it wasn't artificially induced through songs through patriotic songs it was just a general love and belief that we need to hold our our neighbors dear our family and our neighbors dear and it's not too late for us to start to adopt that again but we're still very very likely to look with distrust and dislike at people who think differently than we do, politically, religiously, socially, whatever, culturally, whatever. When's the last time, and y'all probably answer this a little more in the affirmative here locally than, say, around the country, but when's the last time that people, society, we really got out, we broke bread with our neighbors. We sat down, we invited our neighbors in or went to dinner at our neighbor's house. We don't do it near enough. We don't break bread with each other near enough. And as a result, we, we start losing each other. And we need to, to try to fix that. All right, guys, I'll be back in 23 hours. You guys have a fantastic evening 
enjoy the slightly cooler weather. We kind of been gaslit into thinking 92 degrees is cool, but hey, it's it's better than it was. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at redstate.com if you want to uh, reach out. You can c- check out the podcast version of the show, Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com. You get the podcast of the show. You read my columns there. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Five o'clock tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys have a great one.